because you had been a certain way in the past, right? Whatever it was that caused them to become that way, now has got a grip on them. And now they're not able to break out of that chain of garam because that, that's what garam, garam are just your past experiences and you become a certain way, right? Your experiences keep you bound. And then whilst you're still say in that, your body comes to an end. But then the cycle hasn't finished because you're still in, in it. So it's now looking for another body to carry on doing that. Yeah. And then it takes on another body. It's crazy. And that's literally you're going in this constant circles in this life. If you die and you're living consciously and you constantly consciously choose love and you constantly choose compassion and you're in bliss and it doesn't you're that 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 all those experiences and those cycles don't have an effect on you anymore. That's it, you're you're free, you've escaped. And that's the blessing. Welcome to the Jabji Saab podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be answering that question. Within this divine will, within God's hukam, as we often hear it, do we have any free will or is everything just preordained? Is there somebody sitting there and writing what's going to happen for us in every moment and every minute? of our life. So let's dive deep into this second stanza of the Japji Sahib Guru Nanak Dev Ji showering us with this wisdom. So if we look at the first line, which is Hukmi Ovan Akar Hukam Na Kahaya Jai. Over here Guru Nanak Dev Ji saying to us that hukmi hovan akar the word hukmi here we're going to be translating the word hukmi here to that one's to that one that creator to that one's divine will the one that has created the will hovan akar akar the word akar literally translates to form and over here What's being said is that Hukami Hovan Akar, from that one's divine will, the entire creation came into being. Whatever we know as form. And often for our minds, it's easier to look at something that's solid matter and for us to actually look at that to be form. So when we see things around us, when we look at this, we look, look at a table, whatever it is, it's easier to just see that to be form. Or if when we look at ourselves, look at our body and we see that to be form. But actually, form is more than that. And right now in this moment, if I ask Preacher and um, whilst I've been doing this, have you had any thoughts? Yes. Yeah, so even thoughts are, it's, a type of form but even though we can't see them and we can like and i'm sure we all hope that nobody ever is able to create such a camera where our thoughts can be captured <laughs> like what do you think uh, you're into cameras and would you like a camera to be created where you all our thoughts can be 
captured. That would be mental. <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, like t- to us, we don't see them uh, to be a form as we know form. But still, when we talk about akar, actually even thoughts are a part of that creation. And it, it's, a, it's, it's a form of that formless. So hukmi hoven akar. Anything and everything that has been created has come from that one's divine will. Hukamna kahaya jai. And then Guru Sahib Ji saying, but that hukam, that actual divine will itself, cannot be described. Kahaya cannot be said. It, it's impossible. Like, and when we think about that, yes, we sometimes we're able to understand certain, you know, uh, laws of, of this creation. But to try and get our head round and try and explain like what that hukam looks like, how that one, that crater has, you know, um, so the intelligence behind it that is powering everything that where it's all come from, like it, it cannot be described. Yeah, so we could look at this, we could look at, we could look at this, we could look at this glass. And we can describe it. But the intelligence of where everything comes from, even the laws as we know it, but the intelligence behind that, where it comes from, cannot be said and cannot be described. So once Guru Nanak Dev Ji set that scene for us, is letting us know that everything has come from that one, then Guru Nanak Dev Ji goes on to Saying hukmi hovan ji hukam mila vadiyai. So whilst we're obviously going through this, we could all do a quick santhya check as well. Just make sure our lava and dulama are in place. So when we say things like mila, so just making sure we're not saying mila, which is a mistake that is often made. Um, but when we pay more focus and attention, is just to get these. Lama and the Lama, all these sounds correct. Hukmi Hoven Ji. So from that one's divine will, Hoven came into being, what well, came to exist is Ji, which comes, and again, when we look at the way this is spelt, it's, it's Jajja and then Jajja no Bihari, and then it's got an Ara. But the Ara here is actually silent. And it's because the Ara is telling us that this comes from the word Jeev. So what we would do here in pronunciation is we would actually just long out the Bihari. So what we'd say here is G. And if it was without the Ara, then it would be G in the context of a term of respect. So like when we say Gunanat Dev, G. Hukmi Hoven, G. So that's longed out. And G here is referring so, so to Jeev. What is Jeev? Jeev is referring to when we've got karam, so lifetimes of experiences from different actual forms that we have all gone through. And those forms we've looked at before, like Guru Arjan Dev Ji brings to light for us, ke janam peh patanga, ke janam gaj meen karanga. So we just... 
where here Guru Arjan Dev Ji gives a list saying that for for gay for some or we can say for many lifetimes that we've been keet we've been these little worms and insects and uh, a patanga is more of a like an insect that's got little wings you know so there was at some point you know these are kind of this is how we've gradually reached this point of being a human being so there was a point where it was like just little tiny just flying about flapping our wings you know and then if we actually go further down into this shabad when we go past the if we preach and go down to milajagdis milanki bariya but then uh, if we go to kejanam salgir kareya so this is what we don't often talk about is that there's been many lifetimes where we lived as sal sal our rocks gir gir our mountains and then so this is kind of where we've evolved from or you know that 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 would probably be the best way to put it it's where we've all evolved from so all of that memory that's been traveling and so when memory and then body comes together and what holds these together is the breath so you got memory physical body and then the breath and within that is always is always the soul so soul is just referring to what's within an actual form and actually the soul is just god is that one so there's no different to the formless the god that is within this area here so this as we know it as just space and but even within that that one exists just like guru nanak dev ji tells us that jal thal mehiyal par por lina so saying jal thal mehiyal par por lina and within the jal that one exists and then within the thal thal means the jal sorry water so within the water that one exists within the thal that one exists meaning the dharti the earth and then mehiyal so when we look at the word mehi mehi often refers to again the dharti the earth and then al refers to the sky and then this is referring to mehi al that space in between all of this yeah so all of this and we don't we sometimes think of oh look you know um god within us and then god actually it's all the same so that formless that is within this space here within the air within and then the air is held in the space in space and then within that space is still that one is still the formless so is just so subtle and it's actually the same there's no different it's not that the soul is different to what's within this so in that sense you could even say that whatever's within the air is the soul of that one because it's still within but we normally would think oh that's outside so that is now god and this is soul and we get it all mixed up right but actually it's just all one thing it's not different yeah and even within the space is that one and that is then you could refer to that as a soul then you wouldn't need to use the word god then you could just say it's just soul everything is just soul yeah because referring to the same thing sometimes we just get ourselves mixed up yeah like language can never be used in a perfect manner to describe 
that formless. Okay. You know, when you look at the creation, is there something beyond the creation? That's the one. Yeah. So So if you just pretend the whole creation is a circle, there's like the one outside of the circle as well. Yeah. So the best way I would say to look at it is, is because you can't, you can't imagine formless. Yeah. So in, in that sense, that formless is just there, consistent, constant within everything. Yeah. Imagine that's just there. And then if you, if we now started removing, say if you started now removing uh, parts of the creation. Yeah. So if you just removed earth, formless is still there. So as in like, when we think creation, we often just think of our little world as in earth. Yeah, so outside of where it's, it's not, it's not like, um, a geographical location and place that here's all the creation and then, oh, there's God. Yeah, because it's not, because formless isn't physical. You, how can you say then God is outside there because that would be then a form? You say, oh, Dick. <laughs> Found you. Hide and seek. <laughs> so if you now, this is why meditation is so important. And when we start to connect, and you start to realize, and when, like, when you go deep inside, and it's just that silent, you, that, that stillness and silence, that sun, mandali ek jogi base, like Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, that, got that? Yeah, there we go. Sun mandal ek jogi base. If we look at that now, it's, sun is this absolute silence. Right. And when you experience that, it's this just you end up calling it nothing when we try and use language. But it's not nothing, it's just it's the formless one. And it can't be located in to say, here's the creation, there's outside. It just is exists so if you throw all the creation out and it's gone it's still there there's nowhere where it isn't there's nowhere you can go where it isn't it's within it's without it's whatever you words you want to use even guru sabji will say it's inside it's outside but what guru sabji is trying to say to us is when we're looking at that jaltana mahil that 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 formless is just everything everywhere. But even if we look at it, like just if we try to really simplify, it, let's just say we could do what you're saying. Imagine we created some sort of I don't know spaceship, right? And so let's go for a little ride, yeah. And then we got to you know, this end of ever-expanding 
creation uh, to whatever exists, different types of, uh, you know, from to the end of whatever multi-universe is, to say if, yeah, there's no such thing, say if we was to do that. And he's saying, look, that's it. We're done. No more creation after this part. Like, even if you go to that part, that formless is still there. Is is just it just is. Huh? Uh, be such. Yeah, it's just is. Mm. So if we come back to um, our, who's describing the jeev. So the jeev is, garam, which are just experiences, and until then, that that there's, there's unfinished kind of an unfinished account and then there's desire still exists that will then attract body and then those two are held together with breath and then within that is soul and that's referring to then the jeev here so for us now to understand the context of of, of this body if we now here refer to the jeev here as the human being so where let's do the let's take this now to the to be the human being after going through all those different life forms like we spoke about of Guru Arjan Dev Ji and I know we went on a bit of a tangent then then Guru Sahib Ji says Hukam within that one's divine will Mila we received this greatness something that is so great and what is this that's so great is that we've received this to be a jeev, to be this human being now. Why is it so amazing? Why is it so great? And when when we often look at this line, we probably it just normally the way we receive it is like we're left to think, oh, okay. So that sounds a bit like I when you, I would first look at this line and look at the translation i just i'd find it quite random i'd think like talking about something really deep here talking about jeev and then randomly it sounds like and then some receive greatness like and glory is like okay sounds a bit random how does that fit into this you know uh body i don't know if that's ever come across your mind mm. yeah and but it's actually referring to like this is the biggest gift that we can have is we've we've made it to this human life and i often think about that that it's it's in one sense quite freaky like this is it we're we're at the pinnacle we're at the top meaning that we're the only ones that can reach that level of consciousness of realizing the truth and the formless and this is it. It could. This could be it for us. And then I think, am I living to that? Am I living up to that of being a human being? That of receiving this, the, the this greatness, the biggest thing you could ever any anybody could receive. We get caught up so so much and so quick in the game it's actually just this big game and we get so we get sucked in 
and we become the actual, you know, the the actors and the actresses and the, the characters, and we just think this are my huh? And he's like, this is this is me though. When you think about like what is even me? When we say this is me, like what? What are you? You know, and um because I was thinking thinking the other day that if we look at it on a physical sense and we just keep thinking, yeah, but you, I don't know, this is me, isn't it? Like say if now I was to put on a few pounds in the next few weeks, right, extra, I went on a eating spree, put on some pounds in the next few weeks, then I'm thinking, well, that's me. And then I'll go and lose it again. And then, oh, where's it gone? Like who was I referring to as me? Not even there anymore. But there's something that still exists within me. And then I was thinking, well, what about thoughts and memory? Say if I've had a new experience in the last month that I've never had before. I was exposed to something completely new with my senses. And then based on that experience, I say if I tasted a new food or something happened, someone said something to me, and then I have thoughts based on that. And then those thoughts that I have towards that experience, based on that experience, and then from that, it, it evokes my emotions, then I think, am I that? Well, no, because even before that experience, I still existed. And before that experience, and before that experience. And so then you're left with that question, then, like, what am I then? And, and that, that's what this, this is what Gurbani is actually all about, is getting us to do that with ourselves is to ask ourselves that question. And then Guru Sahib Ji go on to Hukami Uttam Nich. So the, the translation that you're going to be seeing is within that one's divine will, Uttam. Uttam literally means high, but we've translated it to good. And Nietzsche literally means low, but we've translated it to bad. Good and bad might, again, might not be the perfect translations or choice of words that some people might connect to. But if we just left it as high and low, it's not going to say much to us. Because we're going to, again, start thinking on, in, on very physical terms that according to, to the divine will of that one, some are going to be up there, some are going to be down there. You know, what does that even mean? Then does that mean that that like God's up there and God's not down there? So what this Uttam Nietzsche means is that now this answers that question for us that we asked in the beginning in regards to that whole preordained, that in regards to free will. We have a choice of actions but we don't have a choice if those actions are going to make us uttam and uttam here if we take that word as being high but not don't think of it as in physical high and if we take that to be uttam being close to that one And when we're not resisting that one, and we're actually experiencing 
what it means to be with that one and that could be when you're when you're with that one you're just in this constant state of of love you just see everything everyone you don't discriminate and but we can't choose what it is what actions are going to get us close to that one that is preset by that one we have to play to that one's game to become uttam or niche to become high or low low would be when we're when we get so deeply caught in our ego on and so caught deeply into our ego and we're in this complete duality and from that place we start to act in arrogance looking down at others and that's what it means to be niche and when we don't actually want others to do good and prosper and when we actually want others you know to remain below us that's what it means to be niche i can't say that actually i'm going to be i'm going to choose my actions and and i'm going to get to choose whether i'm uttam i'm high i'm i'm good in that sense so don't you know don't take the translation of good so literally in that way but good just meaning here that i'm i'm in the laps i'm i'm with that one you can't say to me now that um pretend that i'm going to hate on you and i'm going to be uttam and i'm going to be then close to that one in that way it's everything is within that divine will that makes sense mm. and what a lot of people how they look at this is to say we haven't got a choice that one chooses if we're high or low but it's not saying that it's saying that guru sahib then goes on to use the word hukam lik that that one is scribing for us accordingly to what we are doing yeah and dukh sukh and then from that from when we're doing something that is uttam so for example now if we look at this line in this way look at it together if we look at it like slightly different to the way i've just described if we look at it this way now that when we do something that is uttam when we do some form of you know our actions are pure divine actions you could call it that you have to use all these different you know funky terms nowadays um then when we do something uttam then we get scribed for us what we get scribed for us sukh so it's like almost like we're saying to god through our action to write for us sukh to experience peace because the truth is every time i i act out of uttam meaning that that high divine action and that could be where i'm compassionate towards you within compassion itself it's such a pure it's such a pure action within that there is sukh in the moment you're experiencing compassion in yourself it is sukh it's peace that is we could translate it to happiness 
the moment I'm wishing good for you, that is me getting God to scribe sock for me, happiness for me. Does that make sense? Mm. But then the other way around, when I'm doing something niche, when I'm filled with this fire of jealousy, for example, which could be seen to be niche, a lowly action. Yeah? Like, how do we know that our actions are low? And how do we know that? Because then what we're doing is we've got scribed for us, Doc. We don't, we don't often see it that way. When I'm in this state, that when I'm, I'm, I'm burning in jealousy, for example, and I'm thinking, oh man, like how comes they've got that? They shouldn't have that, right? And, and because that's, that's je jealousy is that. So sometimes people say, well, isn't there a positive side to jealousy? Only if it doesn't get to that point of where we're thinking they shouldn't have that. Why have they got that? It should be me. Yeah, but if if... Originally, it just makes you feel that, oh, they've got that or something in that way. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, it, it's actually an indicator to me to say, is there something I want to strive for or whatever? Yeah. So in that way, it could be okay. But it becomes negative. And when gurus, that's why it's so important to get the, get it clear what interpretation we are using for a word. When we're using the word jealousy from the perspective of Gurbani, Gurbani is only talking about jealousy from that place when you're burning because somebody's got something. That means you don't want them to have it. You'd, you'd rather have it, but you don't want them to have it. So it's in that negative. So when you're feeling like that, in that, Guru Sahib is saying, you've just got on yourself written, Duk. It's like I've said, here you go. Grab the pen and just write some doc for me. I've given that pen to God to write doc for me through my actions. Yeah. And for, for, for one, me experiencing the jealousy in itself is doc. Because in that moment, I'm not happy, am I? You, th you no. think it's, you think it's Amrita, but it's actually poison. Yeah, it's actually poison. And because if you really analyze it in that moment... You're not experiencing being at peace and happy, are you? So that in itself is BJ Bekmangemrat. Right? So you are actually, you know, um sowing poison in that moment. But even from that, you will see that your body it will actually take your body into a more of a stress response. So just the, the actual what comes from it is so negative yeah and then what you're doing with your brain as well you're firing neurons in your brain that are negative that aren't going to serve you so then you end up just becoming negative as a person so hukam lek doka soka Payyeh means we receive and we receive based on our own uttam and niche high and lowly actions. Yeah. And then in that way, then sometimes when people are so against the word bad and good, 
right? And it can help us to understand. So here, it's not so much to say that 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 the person, you know, in the sense that that God's creation was bad or good because it can't be. But it's when somebody's caught up in their ego, the actions that come from the ego can be high or low. And then Guru Sahib Ji is saying to us, Ikana hukami baksis. And this ikana means like ek jane. So one lot or some we can say. Yeah. So some within that one's divine will, ikana hukami baksis. Baksis here from the word bakshish, it can translate directly to blessing. There's some that receive that one's blessing and the ek, and then there's Others, ek means others, within that one's divine will, hukami, sada pavaye, constantly or always, sada pavaye hai. Pavaye hai means when jadokoi ferda hove, basically going round and round. And somebody is going round in circles. There's, let's look at this now. Break this down. The bakshish here is referring to that there's those that actually end up receiving that one's grace because of their ways in life. They've been they've managed to tap into that uttam, you know, that the more pure actions. Yeah, and then through that they're receiving the bakshish of sukh. They're not just receiving the bakshish of sukh. Of, of that happiness, they're actually receiving that, this bakshi, what blessing is this talking about? Is the blessing of breaking out of that chain of our karma, of where our karams, we were stuck in them. The memory had sucked us in so much that we wasn't able to live consciously at all. And we were just going round in circles based on our past and actions because we hadn't awakened. So now we keep falling back into the same old patterns instead of living consciously. But receiving that blessing means you've received that blessing now that you've actually, you've actually cut yourself out of living in that cyclic way. You know, you probably make it a bit more relatable sometimes you find yourself in in life and you end up thinking that i'm all right now you might be a certain way and then like say if i don't know you could it could be that end up always being about a bit snappy or a bit bitter or a bit cold with somebody and then you think no, no i'm all right i'm all right like now i'm not doing that and then Every so often, and then you kind of fall back into it again. And you're like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing that again. And then you're all right for a bit. And then you go back to it again. And that's literally, you're going in this constant circles in this life. Because now, because you had been a certain way in the past, Right, all those experiences, whatever it caused for somebody to become cold and bitter, right, whatever it was that caused them to become that way, 
now's got a grip on them and now they're not able to break out of that chain of garam because that that's what garam garam are just your past experiences and you become a certain way and then you you don't break from it and you keep and then so that's what it means pavaya means you keep going into in this cycle of things and then next thing you know like it's six months down a year down and then every time you think you've you become unconscious again it's been a month you've been all right and then you've been a month and then you fall back in and you go back in circles again but that circle then becomes bigger because that when you've if you've not broke out of that circle now whilst we still got this body then that circle carries on into life and death because now you're still not broken out that cycle of say being cold and bitter because you start living unconsciously again that that karm keep you bound right your experiences keep you bound and then whilst you're still say in that your body comes to an end but then the cycle hasn't finished because you're still in in it so it's now looking for another body to carry on doing that yeah and then it takes on another body and then you keep going in this it's crazy right and that sad up of a yeah but becoming conscious and living uttam in where we tap into a way of what takes us back to that one and allows us to live consciously then we receive sukh whilst we're living we receive peace and happiness whilst we're living and then that is then the bakshish the actual blessing is that you've now escaped from that cycle so if you die and you're living consciously and you constantly consciously choose love and you constantly choose compassion and you're in bliss and it doesn't your that 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 all those experiences and those cycles don't have an effect on you anymore that's it you're you're free you've escaped and that's the blessing ek hukmi sada pavaya hai and we keep thinking oh but it's god chooses and writes for us i'm going to keep you aimlessly wandering and being stuck in this cycle but that's not true it, it's dependent on what we are doing then is what god scribes for us what why god scribes for us yeah so if you're going to be you're going to remain caught you're going to be remain being stuck in your ego and being better for experience for example then you are going to now remain going in cycles round and round and and then you have and then it's about how do we receive that blessing we've got to tap into then and all of guru granth sahib's bani is telling us you know what actions we've got to be doing to escape and then this is where it gets sometimes a little bit confusing for some people i know because i'm just thinking of some of the counter questions that might come from that so that we clear that up and they're saying that but i thought everything was just based on grace on bakshish and some people say bakshish is random bakshish isn't random bakshish that 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 grace that blessing is there's a process to it to receive it it and but we have to play to that one's 
one's will to receive it. You look at Gurbani, there's a pattern throughout. And that pattern is Nanak Like if you jada insan tap on the the one that actually then lowers themselves in humility and lowers themselves and steps away from their ego mind and they then receive that harmel lahu that one will then unite them back right and there's always a process it's never like i'm just sat there in the midst of doing whatever and then all of a sudden bang and there's something that we've placed ourselves in that position and then it's happened hukme andar sab ko bahar hukmana koe that here guru sahib is saying that hukme andar sab ko that everybody is actually subject to this divine will that nobody can escape it there's just like there's no way around it to be a part of the creation we are we are going to be a part of that divine will so many questions that we can carry on answering but um it would make sense to leave some of those questions for you know we've got so much more of jabti sab to go through and then when you do start looking at each body literally you think like more or less every question could be just answered from this body from this body you know but we'll, we'll, we'll scatter them and you know we'll spread them and um instead of me trying to think of all the counter questions that could come we could answer them through the other uh, stanzas that come hukm andar sab ko bahar hukm na koi nobody's outside of that divine will nobody can escape it and then gurunanak dev ji here says so the bisaram is on nanak so the way we would actually pronounce this line is nanak hukm je bujja so the bisram the first short pause is on nanak and then hukma je bujja bujja we say that a little bit as we say in punjabi kasake bolnaya guru sahib ji saying those that actually start to understand that one's divine will and what that means is when they understand that actually we cannot escape that one's divine will that actually how can i bring my ego forward when i know that i have to play to that one's game then i can't really bring and speak in ego then can i home kahana koi then nobody will actually say anything in home because they'll naturally have to res- remove their ego and recognize and there's somebody else here that's at play there's somebody else there's there's that one that has created the will for me to have to play too and when you start realizing that then you step away from your ego so and i'm sure the question that we started with has been answered through this body and we've got to deeply contemplate these words start capturing what guru sahib is actually 
the wisdom that the Guru is actually giving us. And because for us, each word of Gurbani is helping us to step away from that ego so we can realize that one and experience that one. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast, the second stanza of Japji Sahib. Let's keep growing closer to that one and walking away from the layers of ego that we have got stuck in. Ji ka khalsa, Ji ki fateh. If you enjoyed this video, please like, comment, share and subscribe. Please donate and help spread Guruji's message. Link is in the description below. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Vaheguru Ji Ki Fateh. Vaheguru.